We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. It's only now I'm older I realise what I put my mother through. And uh, as I got older, especially, I remember the first day I moved to LA when I was 17, I crashed my car. And so every time I called mum for the next year, she's just freaking out, wondering what I've done silly next. And so I think we're past that now, uh, maybe nine years later or whatever it is. <laughs> Good on you. Hey, that conference, I encourage you, you know, put it in your diary, get there to attend, to serve. And, and there's something, when you, when you set a few days aside to hear, receive, to serve, God never lets you down. He never lets us down in any moment we set aside for him. But there's something special about setting aside those days. And uh, we're, we're doing it for regional churches and leaders. And I don't know where you see yourself in that. But you're in a regional church and you're a leader in your community. And I believe it's going to bless our community. And I'm gonna bl- I believe it's going to bless beyond that to all the regional areas. And I'm excited. That's going to be good. So chuck it in your diary. you get plenty of time to put that in. And uh, we're going to keep looking at the book of Acts today. Uh, leading up to Pentecost Sunday. And... Uh, uh, the book of Acts, written by Luke, a sequel to a prequel. Luke, Acts. Darren actually shared about it really well last week. That You have to know the prequel. You have to see the first one to really understand the number two. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Uh, I've never really been into Star Wars. Never really tickled my fancy. A uh, few, bit too much space. Space doesn't really do it for me. I don't really care how all that works. I know Star Wars doesn't really explain how space works. Uh, but I still don't really care for it. Anyway, we were in LA one day a few years ago. And uh, this was before children. And we thought, oh, we'll just go see a movie. The only movie on was Star Wars. It was one of the new ones. Number 7, 8 or 9. I don't know. Uh, I've never seen any of the other Star Wars movies. And we went in. And it was the boringest three hours of my life. Uh, there was all these aliens. I don't know who was who. Right? Someone's talking about something else. I don't know what happened in the other movies. I had zero context, and it was the boringest movie. I even fell asleep, and we got right to the end, this big uh, moment that the whole movie was building to, and there's just this guy on a mountain. And it was meant to be special that this guy was on the mountain. Apparently, he was meant to be dead, but he's alive, and then he's, just, he's been hiding away, being a Jedi or something. But it had zero meaning to me because I didn't know any of the other movies. It's just a guy with a beard. Right. And I sat down for three hours to just see a guy with a beard at the end of the movie. And everyone else is going, oh, wow, no, wow. And I said to Talia, who's that guy? Now, if I saw all the other ones, I probably would have, I don't don't think I would have enjoyed it maybe that much more, but I maybe would have appreciated it a little bit more. And the book of Acts is a sequel to the book of Luke. The Holy Spirit is the focus and the expansion of the church, the declaration of the gospel, but that is all based on the teaching of Jesus. You know, we're we're framed in the Pentecostal movement, the Australian Christian churches, and we've got to be careful of the Holy Spirit anoints and empowers the teaching of Jesus. We have to remember the prequel for the sequel. And so the book of Acts is written by Luke, a physician, a doctor. And so there's a bit of detail in there. And 
he travelled a little bit with Paul, but it's probably a lot from accounts from different people. And there's some key characters. You'll read a bit about Peter and Paul in this book. And uh, you see how the gospel spreads. The good news, the news about Jesus spreads throughout the world, starting in Jerusalem to Cyprus, Galatia, Greece, Ephesus, Caesarea, Rome. And Acts ends with Paul in prison awaiting trial. And we don't get to hear how that ends. A history tells us Paul was killed, but that's where the book of Acts finishes with Paul in jail, still writing letters to the churches under house arrest, awaiting trial. So that's the book of Acts. And you really read about the church being established and expanding. And you read about people hearing about the good news of Jesus through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's what really you read through the book of Acts. And it's interesting, that's what we want to see today. We want to see the church establish and expand. The church not being buildings, but the church being a community of believers. We want to see a community of believers established and expand and build. We still want to see that today. And we still want to see the gospel, the news about Jesus declared. And so it's actually incredibly, the whole Bible is applicable to us, but this is what we want to see now. We want to see the church established, the gospel uh, declared through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what the frames the whole book of Acts. And today, uh, I'm going to read the first 15 verses of the first chapter. And that's where we're going to kind of base ourselves today. And uh, I think I've got it up on the screen. Uh, in my first book, I told you, Theopolis, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions about the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the church being established and expanding. The gospel being declared. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon and Judas, the other Judas, not the betrayer Judas. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place. We'll stop there. This is, Acts 2 is the famous chapter in Acts. The Holy Spirit comes in the upper room, tongues of fire. Peter preaches, 3,000 people believe in Jesus in a day. And it all starts rolling from there. 
This is the chapter before that. But I think we see a few key things in this chapter for the community of faith. And we actually see all these things in chapter 2. And we actually see all these things for the rest of the book. We see obedience. We see fellowship. And we see prayer. Obedience, fellowship and prayer. Obedience, fellowship and prayer. When you read throughout the book of Acts in this next month, I encourage you to read along. You're going to see a community of faith, obedient, in fellowship with one another, and a group united in prayer. Obedience, fellowship, and prayer. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the church expands, the gospel is declared. And I want to kind of teach us and guide us and encourage us that if we can be a community that's united in obedience, fellowship, prayer, it pays the way for a move of God to the church to be established, for the good news to be declared through the power of the Holy Spirit, obedience, fellowship, prayer. That's what we can do. The Holy Spirit, Jesus builds a church, we can obey, we can be united in fellowship and we can pray. Let's start with obedience. Acts 1.12, when the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount Olives, a distance of half a mile, why did they return to Jerusalem? Well, in Acts 1 verse 4, it says, Once he was eating with them, this is Jesus, he said, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Jesus instructed, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit come. Don't leave. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a don't leave Jerusalem. And they obeyed. Jesus said it and they obeyed it. Obedience is really following Jesus. Who's heard of the love languages? Yeah, they use it uh, for a lot of relationships and couples particularly. And, but it's actually got real value in, in even parenting and friendships and different things. And, and it's how we feel loved the most. For instance, uh, uh, there's words of affirmation, being encouraged. There's physical touch. There's uh, acts of service. That's my least favourite one and, uh, to do. And... Uh, um, means I've got to do dishes and things. Uh, what have we got? We've got, we got touch, we've got words, we've got acts of service, we've got gifts, right? And uh, I'm having a blank. What's the fifth one? Oh, quality time. <laughs> also not my strong suit. And uh, <laughs> interesting, that. That's Talia's quality time. And it's interesting, often when you have couples, often they, have, they like different things. Right, and you really see it in men and women, generally speaking, as well. Uh, I, I like to think I'm pretty simple, but I'm simple from my point of view. Uh, tell me I look good, give me a massage, I'm, I'm, I'm sweet to go. Right, a uh, bit of touch, bit of words. Right, and I, I had to learn what quality time meant when, when me and Talia started dating and got married because quality time's different to me to her. Quality time is we're together, it's not bad, it's quality. Right. Uh, we're driving in the car, we're together, it's not all that bad, quality, right, together, watching footy, that team's a quality, right, uh, together, watching the footy, eating the food I like, that's the best day ever, quality time, come on Tally, be filled, right, it doesn't work, I have to learn that quality time, what that means, anyway, why am I saying this, if God had a love language, I think it would be obedience, if God had a love language, I think it would be obedience. 1 John 2, verse 3. I haven't got this, Jeremy. That's, I haven't got any more scriptures. But just listen to this for me. 
And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show completely they love him. That's how we show God, we obey. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Obeying, I think, is another word for following. Obeying, following. It's an action. When you follow Jesus, you don't followed Jesus. It's an ongoing. Oh yeah, I followed, I followed Jesus 20 years ago. No, you follow Jesus. It's a relationship. You obey Jesus. And it's a submitting to lordship, isn't it? It's a laying down your life and saying, God, your Lord, I'll follow you. I'll follow your word. I'll follow your voice. When I don't even understand it all, I'll follow, but I'll try and know you and understand it all. But it's a following. It's a laying down your life. We're called to follow Jesus. Jesus talked about the man who built on his house on the rock on the sand. When you hear the word and don't do it, you build it on the sand and it washes away. But when you hear the word of God, you build your house on a rock and you're sturdy. Obeying. I think there's a few simple steps in obeying. Listening, doing, keep on doing. For instance, uh, let me use another example by my beautiful wife. I uh, hope I don't dig holes today. Uh, she once gave me uh, suggestions for the dishes. I don't like dishes. Uh, I like to watch, I uh, put the footy on my phone and put it up on the windowsill when I do dishes. I don't really... I don't really watch what I'm washing, and that's probably their suggestion. And, and so she gave me a suggestion for the dishes. Now, the first step is to listen to that suggestion. Men, who knows, sometimes we listen and sometimes we listen. So to even obey God, we've got to listen. How do we do what we don't hear? You see, kids at the school all the time, they're just in another world. Like, sit down, Jimmy. He's just off, wandering around, looking for his hat. You've got to listen to do it. If we want to obey God's word, we've got to listen. How do we listen? God's word. That's why it's so important we're in the word. It's God's word to us. We've got to listen to it. We listen to his voice through the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to listen. What if God's got so much for us, not to correct us, but to maybe guide us and make some adjustments, but to give life, to give guidance, to give provision. He, he, he's got so much for us to, to do and go forth and to bring blessing, but we're not listening. He says His mercies are new every morning, but what if we don't listen every morning? Are His mercies still new every morning? Yeah. We're going to listen. What if God's got a blessing for your day? We're going to listen. We can't obey God if we don't listen. And then we've got to do it. Because <laughs> if we listen and we don't do it, what's the point? <laughs> Our parents, how annoying is it if your kids listen but they don't do what you say? I wonder how God feels about us sometimes. Gosh, he's loving, isn't he? God's so gracious with me. Uh, I was once praying, oh God, what, what, you know, what, do, you, what do you want me to work on him? him like, God, speak to me. And, and I felt my heart, what I told you six months ago. Oh. oh, yeah. Funny about that. Maybe you're saying, God, I want to hear your voice. God's saying, hey, I already told you. I already spoke to you. You've already heard my voice. 
just obey. And then we've got to keep on. Because I can do my dishes, I can listen, I can do it, but then, ah, ah, I'll just leave it in the back pocket, that'll do. We've got to keep on. It's following, not followed. You know, the patterns make or break. I want to encourage, like, the families here with young kids, you're doing so well. Patterns can be tricky. Right? Some days the kids are, are great, sometimes they're just off the wall and you wonder oh, what's happening in there. Uh, but the patterns, you're doing well. The patterns make or break. Patterns in our life make or break. Doing something once, if you do go to the eat healthy one day a month, it's not going to do a whole lot for you, is it? But if we live in obedience, if we live in following, that's when life comes. That's when life comes. Imagine if we can, as a community, live in obedience together. Because the Bible, it's for me, it's for you, but it's for us together. Imagine if we can live in obedience together. I think Sarah shared this, Sarah Jane shared it in Acts 2. And I think this is what, a little bit what obedience looks like. All the believers devoted themselves to the teaching and the fellowship and the sharing of meals and to the prayer. They, they met in homes, they, 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 no one was in need. That's obedience. Together, community, obeying together. A church united in obedience. Obeying God's word. Love God, love each other. That's a great place to start. Obedience. We can do it individually, we can do it corporately together, can't we? Obedience. They were obedient. And they had fellowship. They're all together in one place. We read it, there's, there's Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Math, James, si- Math, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, Mary, several other women, and all the brothers of Jesus. All about 120 together in one room. Just stop and think the different personalities in that room for a minute. You've got Peter, the gun-ho, telling Jesus off, cutting ears off guy, who denied Jesus. You've got Matthew, the tax collector, who worked against the Jews. You've got Thomas, who even after, yes, another Thomas. You've got, you got Thomas, the apostle, who didn't believe Jesus. Uh, you've got the zealot, Simon the zealot, and they're the full-on guys. They wouldn't have liked Matthew. And then you've got all of Jesus' brothers who didn't actually believe him. And they're all together. Imagine the conversations. They weren't together because they all liked each other lots and they were friends at the start. Now, some of them would have hated each other. They weren't together because they treated each other really well through the whole process. <laughs> they weren't together because they even believed all the same way throughout the whole process. They were together because of Jesus. We're in a community of faith. We have fellowship, not because we're all the same, not because of how we have lived our lives, not because of we've treated each other so perfectly. We're united together because of Jesus. And that's what we have to remember. And that's what has to be the core of it. We're united. We have fellowship because of Jesus. And you're going to read it through Acts. The community encouraged one another, prayed for one another, loved one another. No one was in need. Everyone had what they meant. They were unified. You'll read it through the whole book of Acts. A community of faith. They were a community. You know, the building isn't a church. 
The building is not the church. Buildings are handy. Buildings help you do certain things. They're really helpful. But buildings aren't the church. The community of faith is a church. Believers are the church. You know, fellowship, unity, community is never where you are. For instance, I'll be at home and I'm feeling a little bit lonely and isolated. I'm like, come to me and have community. Why aren't people coming to me and be unified? I'm at home alone. I'm I'm a bit sad. I've got the sads on and uh, no one's thinking of me and I don't feel like people are involved in me. I'm a community. People should come to me and have community. Come to me and be unified. It doesn't really work that way, does it? If we want to have fellowship, unity, community, it's each of us taking a step in. It's taking a step in. It's never where you are. It's a step in to being united in Jesus. A step in. It's action. You know, the Bible, especially in the letters in the New Testament, talks so much about unity and fellowship. You know why it talks about it so much? Because it can be really hard. Because we're all different. And so that can be hard enough. But also, none of us are perfect. So you have someone that is really different to you that can annoy you anyway. And they're not perfect, so they can really annoy you. And then you're not perfect either. It's a concoction of it. And so the Bible talks a lot about being unified because it, sometimes it can be really tricky. I'll just list a few to you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.10 uh, Be no divisions among you that be united in the same mind. 1 Peter 3.8 All of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love. Philippians 2.2 2, Complete my joy in being of the same mind. Colossians 3.14 uh, Put on love which binds together in perfect harmonies. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brothers rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another. Ephesians 4.3 Eager to maintain unity of the spirit. And I've got about 10 more. How about this one? John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus said the way you love each other will show everyone else that you follow Jesus. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Why does that show how much we follow Jesus? Because God is love. And so we live in that, it illustrates God. Just like obedience, community, fellowship, it paves the way for a move of God. The Holy Spirit anoints it. We're all together in it. Different, unique, all on a journey, but we're united in Jesus. All have a different role to play. All have a different space to be in. I'm not just talking son, I'm talking the community of faith. I caught up with one of our guys and I dropped him for a coffee one early morning this week. He loves fishing retired guys. We caught up about 7am for a morning coffee at the jetty. He was like, sorry I missed church in the last few weeks. But I said, mate, we're having church now. This is community. And we, yes, we're meant to gather. That's one of the things we've got to obey in is gathering together. But community is the believers. But it's united in love and fellowship and we've got to take steps to do that. That's our responsibility individually and corporately to be unified, to have fellowship. 
So we've got obedience, we've got fellowship, we've got prayer. Verse 14, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Again, you'll see it throughout the whole book of Acts. They're praying. They're praying for guidance. They're praying for boldness. They're praying for people. They're praying for each other. They're sending people to pray about what to do. They're just praying to pray. <laughs> they're united in prayer. They're seeking God, talking to God, hearing from God. They're not twisting God's arm or trying to convince God to listen. They're just meeting with God. You know, we need to be a church that prays. We need to be a church that prays individually and together. That's how we communicate with God. For His Word and for prayer. They're the primary ways and each other. Fellowship. We need to be a church that prays. We need to be a church that listens maybe more than we talk to God. Not to come with a, a list of what we want God to do. Maybe just with an agenda just to meet with God. Sometimes I used to pray with a list of things I want God to do as if God would have forgotten my list. Like I needed to remind him of all my little prayer points. I'm not saying don't pray for things, but I think God, I think God knows your list. What if we just prayed to meet with God, to talk with God? And then we need to be a church that prays us, is thankful. We need to be a church that's expectant to receive and hear from God. You know, we need to be a church that depends on prayer. Now, if we don't depend on prayer, if we don't need to meet with God, are we really doing what God has called us to do? If we don't depend on it. Because if we're not depending on Him, we need to be a church that, that prays for each other. And we've got a, a, prayer, a prayer group at our Drossen, and even we do a, a thing before, and different groups here, but we pray before the service here. And, and sometimes, can I, can I just be honest with you, sometimes I go into prayer meetings, I'm not full of faith and life. I might be a little bit tired. God forbid, a little bit grumpy maybe, I don't know. And, uh, and you know what, what's often, almost all the time actually, when I'm in those settings, I catch something from someone else. And suddenly they're praying, and I'm, well, my faith builds a bit. And, and then they talk, and I'm a bit encouraged, and by the end of it, I'm feeling great, and I caught something off someone else. You know, prayer, it unites us, but it, it, you catch something off someone, it builds you up. Let's be a church that prays, expectant. You know, these, you'll see these things throughout the book of Acts. Obedience, fellowship, prayer. They did it individually, and they did it as a community. See, God builds His church. The bride of Christ, the body of Christ. The Bible says, God builds His church. So what do we do? Just sit back, let Him do it? <laughs> Go on then, Lord. He anoints, He does it. But we're called to obey. We're called to follow Jesus. Individually and corporately. We're called to community. You actually can't really experience Jesus without community. You can't say, oh, I'll the faith, but I'll leave the church behind. Actually, you can't. It's a pretty sad wedding if just the groom's there. 
Would you agree? The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. It's a pretty sad wedding when it's just Jesus. We're called to communion. We're called to prayer. We can do it individually. We can do it corporately. And as we do these things together, as we're united, it paves the way for the move of God. Through fellowship, through obedience and through prayer, the church is established and the church expands. It's funny, a few chapters later in Acts it says, uh, no one was bold enough to, to follow the teaching, but then 5,000 people were in the church. They were just loving each other, worshipping God. Uh, and the same passage that Sarah Jane read, that there's signs and wonders that all the believers are devoted to teaching, and it says on the end, like a little tagline, oh, and everyday people were added to the church. God builds his church. We obey, we unite, and we pray. That's what we do. God builds his church. So I just got a simple question for you today is what's God speaking to you in that? In, in obedience. What's God talked about to you? What's God been put on your heart that you've maybe left in the back pocket? You don't know what life that might bring to you. How can, how can you take steps to be united, to have community? How can you take steps to have our church be full of love and full of community? Not wait for it to happen, not wait for it to come to you, but how can you do that? How can you pray for each other? How, good, how would it, awesome would it be if we had a church that just prayed for each other? Yes, physically, but in the week. Oh, I'll pray for Beth, Lord, wherever she is right now, just bless her, be with her, give her wisdom. She's probably trying to chase some kid around the school. She would probably really appreciate that. You know, well, imagine, that'd be a pretty awesome church, wouldn't it? We do it individually, and we do it together. And then God builds his church. I wonder if I could have the band back up. Holy Spirit. You know, I know what I want to see in our York Peninsula region. I want to see the church established and expanding. When a church is expanding, it means people following Jesus, coming into the community of faith. I want to see that. I want to see the good news declared. I want to see people know about the truth and the love of Jesus, know about the real love of the cross. I want that. It's no different to this book of Acts. When you're reading it, that's what we want to see. We want to see people turn towards Jesus. We want to see people be in a loving community. We want to see people walking out, growing in the purposes of God. We want to see the good news declared through the power of the Holy Spirit. Based on the teachings of Jesus, anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit anoints not for a kumbaya church service, it, the, the Holy Spirit anoints for the purpose of God to expand the church to declare the good news. The Holy Spirit anointing is for your workplace, for your family, for the community. It's he, for here, yes, but it's for your everyday life. And you'll read it through the book, Obedience, Fellowship, Prayer. What I believe we're going to do
is we're going to, together, just pray for our church and community. Who's going to pray for them? You know, we don't always know all the answers. I'm like that with, with what's happening in India at the moment. What, what, I, was talking, I was praying to God, I'm like, well, I don't even know what to pray for. Like, I don't even understand it. I wouldn't even know. I'm so glad I'm not in charge because I, I, what would I even, God, I don't even know. But I'll just pray for it, God. And it can be like that with our community and people in life. I don't even know what to pray for, Lord. Just pray for them. Pray for God to meet it. Pray for God to come. Pray for God to have his way. You don't need to have all the specific answers. Remember, you're not trying to convince God to come and do something. You don't have to say the right words to convince him to come and help your your child. God's so gracious, so loving. He's not going to turn his head if you don't say it in the right way. We're just going to start by praying for our community, our church, each other. And then before we go, I'm just going to pray for a refreshing and filling of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk a bit more about the Holy Spirit in the next few weeks. The Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth. The Holy Spirit is actually within each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit, if we ever hear from God, if we ever feel something, if we ever get led to do something, it's the Holy Spirit. And it says throughout the book of Acts, they were constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a one and done. It was as if it was the water bottle. It, it, it's keep being filled. And the Holy Spirit is for us individually. We have comfort. We have strength. We have wisdom. We have love. We, we experience all those things personally, the word for us personally, but it's to flow out of us for our families, for our community, for our workplaces. So we're going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for each other. I'm going to lead it, but we're going to pray together. Don't be passive in this. It's not me praying, you listening. Yeah, that's not bad. No, no, we pray together. United in prayer. And I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to just fill us afresh. So whatever you're comfy with, you can sit, you can stand. I just want you to position yourself and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray like we depend on God for it. We're going to pray like we actually believe it. We're going to pray like we expect it. God, we thank you first and foremost. You are Lord of all. You're the King of kings, Lord of all. You're the beginning and the end. God, this is your church. We are sheep following the shepherd. You are Lord of our lives. And we put you in your rightful place, Lord of all. We thank you that you loved us so much that you came to us. You came to us to give us life. You came to us to give us freedom, eternity in heaven, heaven on earth. You did that, God. We didn't earn it, deserve it, or make a way for it. You came to us so much that you loved us. Laid down your life on the cross, rose from the dead, defeating sin and death. And then you call us to follow you. And God, we thank you first and foremost, and we live in that. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you, God. We never want to forget that. We never want to move over it, but we thank you. And God, we pray that others will just experience what we have had. God, we lift up our community. God, we lift up those people that are at home, out and about right now who do not 
know you, Jesus. We lift them up to you because you know them. You love them. You have a purpose for them. And wherever they are now, those people in our lives, our workplaces, our families, our communities, we pray, Holy Spirit, meet them where they are in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, bring seeds back to life. Where they've had conversations and heard things, bring it back to life in the name of Jesus. I declare sons and daughters to come home in the name of Jesus. God, I declare that your move of God, your Holy Spirit anoints us so the church is established and extended and people hear the good news about Jesus. God, we lift up every church across this peninsula, every denomination. There'll be lights that shine to you, God, not to us, not to a, an organization, not to a, a building, but to you, Jesus, the body of Christ. And so we lift up this, Lord, and pray, Holy Spirit, be with them, hover over them. We pray for hearts to be softened, minds open, Jesus. Give us opportunities. And God, I pray for our community of believers, our church here, right here, right now, God. And we go pray, God, we just want to obey you. So I pray in the name of Jesus, speak to us. Speak to us. Lead us. Guide us. God, give us a heart for your heart. Give us a heart for your people, God. Lead us in every way, Lord God. If people are here struggling in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing. I pray for provision. I pray, God, I pray for those in need right now. I pray you are the author of life, the beginning and the end. Your grace is more than enough, Jehovah Jireh. And for those in need right now, I pray that you provide, you speak, you lead. Holy Spirit, we pray for our community. We pray for our church. We pray for heaven to come. Jesus, you pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That was not a token prayer. That was a prayer in faith, in logic even, that heaven comes to earth. And I pray for our region, for our church, for heaven to come to earth. Love as in heaven, rest as in heaven, peace as in heaven, wisdom as in heaven, strength as in heaven, provision as in heaven, healing as in heaven, in the name of Jesus. Right now, if you just want to be filled afresh in the Holy Spirit, if you're able, I'd love you just to stand and, and ready your hands in just a position of openness. If you just want to be filled afresh in the Holy Spirit, as the apostles will read through Acts again and again, they were filled again and again. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is basically like being filled with God. Being filled with God again and again. And God, I just lift up our church community and I pray that be filled afresh in the name of Jesus. I pray for your power of your Holy Spirit, your living water, the Prince of Peace. Holy Spirit, fill them afresh. Holy Spirit, you're within us. You're here. We don't convince you to come. You are here. God's presence on earth. Fill us afresh in the name of Jesus. Comforter, counselor, peace, wisdom, power. Fill us afresh. Healing, fill us afresh. Holy Spirit, 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 fill us. Fill us. I pray for a passion to ignite. God, I pray for passions to ignite. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us.